a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Wow. So I have a very special episode today that is going to be a little different because... It's the 200th episode of the Charisma Quotient. I can't believe it. I want to take this moment to thank you for listening and supporting me on the show. I I can't tell you, I get so energized to create these shows because of you and the energy that you give back to me. You know, I always say what you put out is always what you get back. And that includes these episodes with every download, every person I talk to on breakthrough calls, every podcast listener who becomes a client, every client who has breakthroughs in their love life. That is what keeps me going and dedicated to keep I, I want to get to the thousandth episode. I'm going to keep going. I don't, so I hope you're with me and I continue to do this journey. I It just, it means so much. And for today, to inspire you with your love life, I want to walk you through the different dating phases and challenges in each phase and how people I have worked with have overcome them to find love. So one of my first episodes I recorded was about phases in dating, if you went way, way back. And I also did a special episode with Dr. John Gray, which was very popular about dating stages, uh, that I encourage you to listen to both of those if you haven't already. And many people talk about phases in relationships, but not too many talk about dating progression that leads to a relationship. And that's super important. And there's different phases where people find that they're really good at. And sometimes though, ones that they are not so good at is what trips people up in dating altogether. So you need to be aware of each phase to get clarity on what it is you want. So ask yourself, do you love dating? Do you suck at dating? (laughs) Do you wish you could skip all the steps and get right to the boyfriend? I mean, where are you at? I find where you're strong in one area, there are challenges in other. I'll just throw myself under the bus yet again, as I always do. You know, I just remember after my divorce thinking I was ready for at least a boyfriend. I knew I didn't want to get married right away, but I remember going online and vetting these guys as if they were my boyfriend and dating like a therapist. Like I was doing everything wrong. And so I was not clear on what it is, first of all, what I wanted. Second of all, I was going at it all wrong. So because I thought I wanted a boyfriend, I was using the first phase as a way of vetting the boyfriend. And because I was dating like a therapist on top of it, it was awful. Like I crashed and burned. I attracted lopsided relationships. The good guys were totally scared of me and were like, whoa, lady, that is way too much, <laughs> too soon, too fast. So I I learned it as we all learn sometimes. Is And that's just having that experience. And that's why I always tell people, 
use this time to get to know yourself. So whether you're coming off of a long relationship, maybe you've never dated at all, or you're trying to break just patterns of people you're attracting, it is so important to have a period of time where you do the data dating so you know what phase works for you, what phase is easy for you, and what phase might be challenging because that's exactly where you need to work and get a little practice at. So I'll go through the different phases just to review. And I also have some very special clips that I'm going to play with you later that really highlights each of these phases. And they were very popular episodes as a celebration. And then I have a big surprise for you at the end. So make sure that you listen to the entire episode. The first phase is what I call courtship. This is the fun and light stage where it's playful, it's fun, you know, and the most common challenge that I have been helping you a lot lately with is around flirting. This has been a very popular topic, especially during the pandemic and also not getting attached to the outcome. See, the problem is when you're really goal-oriented, you're driven, successful person, is that you want to do the same things you know how to do, say, in business or in your task-driven life, in your love life. Well, that doesn't work. (laughs) This is why this phase might be incredibly painful for you because you might get in your head about it all and want to do it right. This is where if you know about my dating archetypes, which you can do by listening to that episode, I have another whole episode on my dating archetypes. You can take a quiz to see what you are. But here's the thing. My chiefs, my list ladies, my friend zone gals, my dames, they have a lot of trouble in this phase and for various reasons, depending on who you are. So I have been enjoying teaching so many of you about being present and curious while building your wardrobe, flirting up a storm, working on your conversation flow to be light and fun and playful, body language, just playfulness overall. And most, and this is, I mean, I know it's not very like, you know, astounding to say this, but Overall, it's really just having fun. We're getting so serious. And I keep saying that all the time is that that seriousness is often what makes this phase so difficult because you cannot be serious when you're trying to have fun. (laughs) Okay. The second phase is what I just call dating with consistency. This is where you get to the stage of seeing maybe somebody for a consistent amount of time and you're trying to build something and see if this person is like relationship material. And the biggest skill in doing so and what has been a challenge for many of you is around having an emotional connection and intimacy. A common complaint and something you all have been working on is attracting emotionally available partners. And in order to do that, you have to be emotionally connected and available. I'd say, and if you listen to all my podcasts in the previous episodes, that theme comes up a lot. A confusing part of being attached to emotionally unavailable commitment-phobic people is that the emotional or sexual chemistry can feel really strong. And the electricity can feel so incredible and rare, you mistake intensity for intimacy. And so you make you know compromises you wouldn't typically consider in order to give that relationship a chance. Many of my clients or 
have, you know, they are in or have been in a relationship with an emotionally unavailable partner and they don't know what to do and they don't understand why their partner treats them the way they do. Their partner says they are committed to the relationship, but their behavior tells a different story. But you can attract secure, honest relationships if you learn how to be emotionally available yourself. And that has been the message that I have been sending all of you in these episodes. And why it's so important is because when you learn to emote and open up and let others feel you in a secure, healthy way, people will be attracted to you. And the avoidant and the emotionally unavailable ones simply will not. And you'll feel calmer. You won't experience the highs and lows of that constant uncertainty of a relationship that is mistaken for passion or love. And I know what you're thinking. As always, you're like, Kimmy, how do I know if someone is unavailable or insecure when the passion feels so real? And I don't want to settle for a partner I don't feel chemistry with. Is it even possible to have both? And I understand. I understand that, that the passion may feel real. And because your experience is the only, they're only the ones that are chemically charged that way. So you'll continue to attract that. So in order to break a habit, and this kind of bleeds into the third phase, and I'll explain that in a second. In order to break that habit that's familiar to you, you have to work and change things about you to get a different result. And that is why practicing expressing your needs and your feelings and setting boundaries are such crucial skills to learn as you date different people. Now, if this phase is super hard for you, I encourage all of you to just take a big pause if you are like dating somebody consistently and really work on this piece. Because I promise, once you get in a full-blown relationship in a committed way, which is, by the way, the third phase I'm about to go into, it is going to really serve you, and that's what's going to keep it going. So this third phase, this is where you catch that person, and now it's time to focus on how you can keep them and understand if they are right for you long-term, depending on what you want in a relationship, right? Everyone has different you know, outlooks on what they want. But the challenge I see here and what I've helped many people overcome is breaking patterns. And mostly the common dynamic is helping you not attract lopsided relationships where there's this sense of unevenness with your partner. I mean, it could be anything like the fixer-uppers, the, you know, the, because you're a people pleaser, you tend to just like constantly put attention onto your partner, your date, feeling disconnected, all those things. But at the end of the day, the most popular episodes and topics have been around narcissism and cracking the code of breaking that pattern of attracting them. And the biggest takeaway in breaking patterns and habits is that it starts with you. And to me, that's the empowerment. You cannot change other people. All you can do is change the way you go about things to get that different response. And when I coach people, for instance, and I teach them how to detect the signs of a narcissist, things completely change. So it's just like you can't change that person that you're dating or attracted to. You can change the perception, right? And and what you do and what you can do to spot them. And that, and that way you're getting rid of the narcissist the minute you say hello. 
I talked about in my earlier episode, this was another really popular one, how to stop attracting narcissists. And I talked about setting boundaries, looking for reciprocity on dates, letting your partner earn you and watching for if their actions match their words. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that if that's something you want to learn more about. But the message that has strung through all of these phases and episodes is simply this. When you work on you, that is what is working on your dating life. Too many of you compartmentalize like, oh, I'm not ready to date because I have to do this or that or this or that. But when you pull in and you do some data dating and you don't get attached to the outcome and you really are present with it and you have a roadmap that you need to have in order to break all these patterns, when you pull in and work on you, you can work on your dating life. You can even get out and meet the opposite sex while you're doing it. You don't have to shut down in your cocoon for like years and years and years and say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Because you know where that goes. That cocoon turns into a big, dark rabbit hole is what I call it. So a lot of you, you know, focus even outside yourselves and say, well, you know, it's where I live. It's my age. It's my body. It's this or that. But really, it's you. And when you love you, that's when other people do too, and you attract the healthy partner. So let's listen in on these episodes and listen carefully to how I extract some of these very important phases. The first clip I want to share with you is from a Where Are They Now episode with Harpreet. These episodes always have been the most popular throughout the years, just to hear stories of other people who have been through what you have been through and have had success in the end. Just to review, Harpreet had decided to invest in coaching with me, both in my private program and the Love Academy program, because she was suffering from really bad self-esteem and wasn't getting anywhere in her love life. She had been a podcast listener for many, many years. She decided to bite the bullet and hop on the free breakthrough calls with me, which I always encourage. So when you hear these stories, know that you too can hop on a call with me. Anyway, she had tried a ton of other interventions. That was what was remarkable about her situation. She had been through counseling, other dating programs, but she still wasn't even able to get to one date, (laughs) let alone just getting to the boyfriend stage. She had never had a boyfriend before, and she just hated dating overall. She wanted to skip it all and just get to the relationship. She found it exhausting, constantly felt rejected, but most of all, She had the hardest time flirting and letting go of the outcome. I mean, she would vet these guys online as if they were the next contender to be her boyfriend. (laughs) And, you know, she would get triggered a lot. She struggled with self-love and she had some body image issues. She would get triggered quite a bit. And so her heart was closed and she had a lot of trust issues. But after doing a ton of work, and it was not easy, let me tell you, like she she had a really tough time, but because she had the accountability and I just kept at it with her, she shifted dramatically. And she had more men in the pipeline by the end of the coaching with her, which you'll hear in this episode, than she could even keep up with. And she's loving, loving flirting now. And she's dating up a storm. And really, for the first time in her life, she's actually having 
fun dating. So listen now. How do you think that working on your feelings and your self-worth and looking in the mirror with positivity, like how has all of that translated right now to your dating life? Oh my God. It's been total 180. (laughs) Um, uh, You know what? I think was a huge game changer for me was the flirt immersion. I think that's when the light bulb went on because Mm. when I saw, like, I think I learned really well from watching other people. And so when I saw like the banter between like the practice date and stuff, I was like, Oh, like, okay, I need to do more of that. And I think I just unleashed my (laughs) flirting and it's just, it's been incredible the amount of responses that I've gotten back. Like it's, I've, I'm talking to so many guys. I'm having a hard time keeping up. It's like so incredible. Like I've never had that before. Like where, like, you know, having that many guys like at once want to, you know, call me, go on dates with me. Like, that's what I want. Like, this is like dating, like, it's supposed to be fun and I'm finally having fun with it. So like, I'm really happy. Ah, oh, hallelujah. Like, it, you know, <laughs> and, it, and, you know, seeing also the transformation, not just in your attitude, but even in your energy and the way that you look, I mean, you can't see her right now, you listening, but she's just gorgeous. And I like you, didn't see that before. And I think you're finally starting to step into your beauty. And I'm obviously I'm talking about outside and in, but just, you know, cause you had so much, you know, kind of reservations and uh, negativity around your skin and all the stuff that you were, you know, really worried about. And here you are dating up a storm, having all these guys find you attractive. And let me just tell all of you, like I've seen her conversations online And I cannot believe what a flirt you are. Like we, and do you remember, like we would do some practice runs online, you know, with your conversations? Oh yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) given where you were before and you were like scared to even say hi. And now I I feel like I've created a little bit of like a monster, but in a good way. Like (laughs) you're like, is this too flirty? (laughs) I know. I was like, is this pushing it too far? No. Yeah. But I'm having fun with it. And I think the guys are too. So I think it's a (laughs) win-win. Oh my God. It's a win-win. And so what would you say, because I, and, and why I wanted to bring you on is because, you know, oftentimes people think, and you and I talked about this, that success, in order to be a success story, you have to have, you know, the boyfriend as the end game, you know, and that obviously like, you know, you're working towards that and that's something you want, but I think, you know, helping you just not get attached to the outcome and not get so focused on, but, but, but what if, but what if, but what if, but it's like more about what is and really staying present with it. I think you've been able to, that's, I mean, for me, for you, why you've had so much fun. And I'd love for you to talk more about, because to me, you, you are a success story right now. Like this is your success because you've overcome so much. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about your success. Yeah, like, um, 
I, I would say like, it's like, it's so different now, like, cause mm-hmm. I'm having so much fun and I feel like, like my heart is finally open. It's because like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of it's building the foundation of having that self-love, like, and I think I, I, I truly believe, like, I think it's the energy that I'm putting out. Like, if, like, if I'm in a good mindset, I think I attract more of, like, a positive, like, yes. guys into my life. And I think that's what I want. And, and sometimes, you know, like, and it's also setting clear boundaries. Because, I mean, there's some guys that, you know, like, aren't quite aligned with what I'm looking for. And it's just being straight up with it and being upfront about it. And I'm not afraid to do that where before I was a bit of a people pleaser and it was like, you know, I would do anything. So the guy would like me, but it's not like that now. It's just like more about how I feel. Like, how does the guy make, you know, like, how do I feel around him? Yeah. It's all about, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all about me. And I think like, you know, I still, like, this is a journey for me. And I realize like, I have, you know, like, I still have lots to learn. But I think that's part of the process is just like being present. And just having fun with it. I I think that's really important. I think we get so hung up on like, even before when I used to flirt, there was always like an intention behind my flirting. Yes. You know, it's to get a boyfriend. But now, like, (laughs) right. Is just to have fun and, you know, just get to know another beautiful human being, right? So it's just, Mm. I don't know. I think it's just a huge shift. So I hope you enjoyed reviewing that or listening to that for the first time. And Harpreet, as you can hear, overcame the challenge in that first phase of courtship that I talked about earlier. Now you'll hear an episode where a client struggled in phase two, which is keeping things going, right? And building that emotional intimacy with someone. So this is an episode that was called Cracking the Love Code. And it was a Where Are They Now episode with Molly. And, you know, Molly started off hopping on a call with me after being a podcast listener again. And it was a couple months ago after hearing me on a podcast. And she talked about What really resonated with her is the episode where I talked about how working on you is working on your dating life. And she was thinking the whole time that she had to like stop dating because she was at her wits and she decided to invest in coaching with me because... She, she couldn't understand why her love life was just not progressing. She had no problem in the courtship phase, by the way. She could flirt. She could give you know the guy a great date. She would show him a good time. They would want to see her again. But then it would peter out after the second or third date. And she felt like she was sociable. She opened up you know, to people and social situations. She dated a lot. But what we really determined after cracking the code, so to speak, is that she wouldn't get deeper and she wouldn't be able to build that emotional level. And that is why it just kind of petered out. And so she decided, you know, to try the coaching and she said, okay, I'm going to get rid of this pattern because here's the thing. She would attract the guys that would either all of a sudden say, I just don't feel the 
chemistry or the spark or others would, you know, just need space to focus on work and take advantage of her patience and kindness. And it definitely had an impact on her confidence and developed a belief system that men will eventually bail anyway. So why even try, you know, even when things were going well. After working with her on a deeper level, it, you know, we kind of understood how her codependent tendencies, she had a propensity towards anxiety, and um, she also tended to shapeshift into what these guys would want of her. So just being vulnerable and authentic was a huge, you know, kind of anomaly for her. And she didn't know how to really do that. In fact, I remember her saying to me, she wasn't even sure who she really was. So you'll hear how it happened. You know, originally when she hopped on the call with me, she thought she was just going to get some fashion advice and it turned into a whole lot more. So listen in. Do you remember the kind of guys that you were attracting to back then? I wrote it in my note. I remember this. I would be interested to see what you have written down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I I remember you saying that for in some way, shape, or form, these guys just weren't, like, available. Like, you know, emotionally maybe unavailable. Like, it wouldn't get to that, like, deeper level. Yes. And... Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think you, you know what, you did actually point that out to me because you're very good at recognizing patterns that I didn't even see for myself. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that you said to me was when I was like, you, you know, you had me like go through the list. So I just like pulled out the book and like told you all the people I've been going out with or, right. you know, and you were like, you know, do you notice that you meet a lot of people in transition? meaning they're on to the next job or they just moved to the new city or they're um, just out of a relationship or all these people who are on to the next thing. And I always felt like I was kind of meeting people. And as you articulated that, that felt really true to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and really, if you look at that, those people aren't available, right? Because they're, they're transitioning. They, they, they need that support. And I think that was another thing we uncovered is that, I mean, you're such a giver and you, I think we're focusing so much on these guys, but you weren't allowing them to really feel you. And I mean, that was part of the journey is really like learning how to express your feelings and be more in that vulnerable state. One thing we've talked about is going on one to two dates is really easy. Like I had the formula, you could like show up, you could like show up, have a good time. Like I was never there to like not have a good time. Like I wanted to at least like get to know the person across from me, but that's really easy and it is actually really hard to be able to state your needs and to state how something makes you feel or, mm. you know, potentially hurt someone's feelings. And like that kind of stuff is actually really difficult for me. Mm. Yeah. And you were so amazing, like how you started like working on that. And I love that you were saying how hard it was, you know, I mean, you, you really did the work and I know it's still a journey, right? Like it's not like it automatically went away, but, but I think because you started recognizing how much that was affecting your dating and your choices and who you were connecting with that, we started seeing a difference, you know, and you started like 
I don't know. And I, I would love for you to share some of the things that you were doing on your journey as you were dating these guys. Yeah. Cause you know, what's so funny. And I just thought about this. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> is no. that you listen to that podcast about, you know, like dating is working on yourself. And that's exactly what I did with you. Like I put you on this regimen of just like dating up a storm. <laughs> but not to get in a relationship. And here you are in a relationship, right? Like, because (laughs) you were doing the work as you were dating them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think what's, what I would, you know, for all the ladies out there or the men listening, but um, I think that on your, like, so I've been single. So I'm um, turning 38 um, this month. It's my birthday month. Um, Oh, yay. There's, I think like, so I've been single. (laughs) I think I've been single, like, you know, I'm a really good single person at times, like for Mm. like, you know, I've, you know, put myself through grad school, like moved to different cities by myself. And I've always, I've never not been open to meeting someone or so I've thought. And along the way you hear people say like, you need to do the work or you need to work on yourself and like be happy with yourself before things like kind of fall into place. And sometimes that would frustrate me because I was like, I feel like I am doing the work. Like I, you know, I'm mindful. I'm like interested in self-growth. I've like gone to therapy. I've, um, you know, been to life coaches. I've, you know, Mm. you know, practice self-compassion. Like, I feel like I do some of those things or I have done those things, but it never had the results. So I'm like, I don't understand what this like doing work on yourself really actually means. Like what, you know, I don't understand. Um, and then working with you, I think was a lot different because you, I was like, you know, Kim, I don't really want to date right now during the holidays. This is like my least favorite time to go out with people and it's cold and it's COVID and everything shut down. And you're like, you will go out, Molly, you will be working on these things. <laughs> and so <laughs> just having your, damn it. I think the, <laughs> yeah. So I think the type of work that you encouraged me to do was just radically different than any other thing I had encountered in my years as like a professional single person. That was a great episode. And it just demonstrates, you know, how dating really is a skill. There's a power of building the muscle and sharing your feelings and expressing your needs to really start feeling and seeing that change and how you can progress in a relationship. So our last clip is a very special one, and I have a treat for you after this one. Um, This really demonstrates that last phase, which is landing a committed relationship. And it's an episode called Narcissists No More, Where Are They Now with Jane? And this definitely was one of the more popular podcasts this past year. And, you know, she originally decided to invest in coaching with me to work on her self-confidence realizing it was preventing her from attracting the right guy. She had a really hard time setting boundaries, tended to overshare her insecurities, and had a strong need to have a boyfriend to gain validation, which really affected the selection process. She had been in therapy, but she just needed something more that would help her take action and practice the dating skills she really never learned. And so... She went from attracting narcissists, you know, over and over again, and not really having the dating skills and learning how to build that emotional intimacy 
And she would default to the over-caretaking to having something be this amazing transformation in personal growth. And you'll hear at the end how she lands this guy where she was building a healthy relationship that for the first time in her life was emotionally intimate. What was really special about this one is that Jane was one of the earlier listeners of my podcast. And when I started working with her, gosh, this was a couple years back now. And I, it, it just, it was so heartwarming for me to be able to take her through this journey as doing these podcasts with so many other people. So she's such a perfect example of what can happen when you just make that call. Listen in. Yeah, I think my attitude before I met you was um, using the app to like meet a guy. You know, I was like more serious and trying to get to that first date and meet up and like, like I wouldn't enjoy the process. I'd be like, oh, why isn't this guy asking me out? Like, but now my attitude was like, I would talk to a guy for three weeks before we would meet up and I would just enjoy the conversation and just enjoy flirting and not, not, yeah, not worry about like what's going to happen next. And it did make online dating more fun, even though I'm not, it's definitely challenging. And there were definitely frustrating times, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but just trying to enjoy the process makes it more bearable. (laughs) Do you feel like that also inherently helped you with your anxiety around? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love for you to talk about that a little, because I think, you know, that was just a tool that we used, right? Just like practicing dating up a storm. But then I think the outcome of how it bleeded into other aspects of your life, I, I think that's important. Yes. I think, like I said, I, before I was always worried about how, when's the guy going to ask me out or yeah. Um, yeah. What, but then I just sort of saw dating as practice and just said, well, I'll just practice these techniques. If he doesn't ask me out, then, oh, well, I'll move on. Like there's plenty of other options online. Um, and yeah, so I definitely wasn't, I didn't have a lot of anxiety over one guy um, like I do think it's important for women to keep their options open in the beginning. And I think that was a big thing that helped me a lot too, because I think in dating, you're going to meet all types and it's just who you choose to invest in. Um, so I think as I became more aware, I was still maybe at first attracting narcissists, but like knowing not to invest in them. Um, and then recognizing the good guys, um, cause I was definitely meeting better better quality guys. Um, but sometimes it's hard cause I wasn't always attracted to them. Um, mm-hmm. and I started meeting guys who I, who were more receptive to me expressing myself. Yes. Um, yes. Wow. It is amazing to think back to this conversation with Jane, especially now that she's progressed even farther along her journey to find love. I am so excited to catch up with her again for this very special 200th episode and hear all about how she moved through each one of these dating phases to fall in love with, get ready, her new fiance. 
Jane. Oh my gosh. I, this is so amazing that you're here. You know, I've been talking before on this podcast about the different phases of dating. And when I thought about, you know, what did I want to do for the 200th episode? Of course you came to mind because you are such a beautiful example of someone who has really done the work. And you really have gone through each phase and there were challenges that you had along the way, but you overcame them. I mean, you did the work. We, you know, there were episodes and and calls where you were crying and say, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And where are all the good guys? Like, you know, we've, I've, I have a lot of memories of working through it with you, but the most important thing is, is that you persevered and you are so resilient and you just pick up, you picked up and you just kept fighting. And because of that, you attracted this amazing guy. And it's very exciting to have you on the 200th episode because you started as a podcast listener and you were like one of the like early listeners too. And I feel like you've been on the journey with me quite honestly. And here you are now engaged. Yes. Yes. And I'm (laughs) sure that you actually got to meet him when we were out in LA. Yes. And, and that was the other thing I was going to mention is not only um, are you engaged, you, I, I got to meet him, you're moving here to LA. Like, it's just like this full circle. And so mm-hmm. um, what I wanted to actually just ask you, and this is just to help others motivate and be inspired by your story, is to ask you a little bit about each phase and kind of... Okay take you through memory lane a little bit, (laughs) like if you can remember back then, um, what it was like. And because it is hard to remember sometimes when you're in something, how far you've come. I mean, this is why I often give like people these accomplishment charts, as you know, that was one of my homework assignments to just keep tabs on the little wins because they do add up to like where you are today. Um, well, the first phase, as I explained it, is the courting phase, and this is the mm-hmm. flirtation. This is the conversation skills. This is like all that, like keeping it light and having fun. And I remember, just to jar your memory, you mm-hmm. you were a good flirt, but there were some things that you struggled with around that. Like I remember things getting heavy, or you might have shared too much, and you were almost like aggressive with the flirtation. You want to talk about that? Yeah, now that now that you jog my memory, I think yes, I was aggressive because I was flirting with the intent to get a date. Yeah, online flirting um, without the intent to just have fun and see where it goes, and um, probably a bit of an oversharer, not not waiting to see is this person you know has have they earned the right to that type of information about me. and I remember learning how to be vulnerable and expressing feelings with it being light and not heavy. Yes. Yes. And I think I remember you were really getting attached to the outcome big time. Like, you yeah, know, cause right. you're, you know, you're a professional and you are a high achiever, like so many of my, <laughs> my clients and 
you just, you were so targeted, like you wanted to get it right. And I just remember you going at it with the intentions of like the boyfriend thing and all that. And, and we were working really hard on, you know, just kind of tapering back and even with your clothes, you know, like just, I had a lot of blazers, (laughs) (laughs) which is so hard for me to even remember that Jane, because look at you now. Yeah. Well, no, it's funny because I was going through my closet today because I'm getting ready to move across the country and I found like a bunch of blazers and I said, I've had this blazer since med school. And I said, before you met me, I used to wear a lot of blazers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't worn it that much lately. So I got, I was able to put it for donations, but, um, but yeah, so I, I was very kind of more serious, kind of not, yeah. you know, more masculine energy. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I do remember working a lot with you on that feminine energy and awakening that and helping you just relax into it. Right. You know, because I think there was so much like task oriented type of masculine energy that knowing that it was okay to just laugh and and be present and have fun. And that was okay. Right. No, because in that, the jugs and memory, um, Maybe too the pandemic helped a little bit because I when you go online you'd like be like okay when is this guy gonna ask me out I just you know I just want to like exchange numbers move on you know and then with the pandemic I think because we couldn't really meet up right away I was okay with just like getting to know someone via texting and be like it's okay if he doesn't ask me for my number like maybe he's just more shy and you know that's not the point and you know we so it. I remember enjoying like the texting more and talking to um, some of my girlfriends who were also online saying, Oh my God, this guy, all he wants to do is text. I'm not looking for a pen pal, you know, and you just kind of have to let it happen naturally. Um, You know, within reason, obviously if, if you've been texting some, if it's, Oh, if you're always initiating, then I don't think that's great either. But um, yeah. So I, I remember that going through that phase. I do too. And, and I do remember by the end, you got so good. I actually used one of your texts exchange as an example of what a good flirt is all about. Like here you were like being, you know, kind of more task oriented in the beginning. And then you really learn the art of conversation and flow and femininity and all of that jazz. So then came and then you did get into another relationship before this one and you were learning. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> and you were yeah. learning the second phase, which is, you know, being consistent with someone and, and right. understanding a relationship because you hadn't had a long, long-term relationship. Do you tell me or tell us a little bit of, about that phase? That, um, so yeah, that was, I'm trying to, think about how to describe that relationship because I mean that was a little bit different because we were different cultures and so we had had different expectations about what dating meant and what like exclusivity and and that kind of thing um so and we both had issues expressing ourselves I do remember with him though the one benefit is he seemed to acknowledge me more like he knew when I was upset and he he could acknowledge that like I, he didn't, cause I, cause I do have a hard time expressing myself when I'm, when I'm upset, but so he, it was helpful to have somebody who, who could read me and not, 
and not ignore it and acknowledge like, oh, are you mad at me? Or, you know, um, so well, I feel you know, like wait, if I can comment on that, because that is exactly how I was talking about the second phase is I think a lot of challenges that people have in this phase is to mm-hmm. learn how to express themselves and be heard and be seen and all of those things as things get more serious. Like, how can you say how you feel and then you get to see how people respond to you? And I think you had such a, a good learning experience with that. It's the first time I really saw you starting to open up. Right. I definitely, I think that was one of the hardest breakups for me because I think I really did let him see the real me. And so that, and then when ultimately Mm. he broke up with me or, you know, I mean, we needed to break up. Like, obviously I'm very grateful we broke up because, you know, I'm with, I'm much happier with Mike and obviously, um, but I just, and it also kind of taught me that you, you can be with somebody because I do think that gentleman did love me. I just think we weren't meant to be. And I think looking back, I think him breaking up with me was, he was doing right by me. You know, he, mm-hmm. he knew that I wanted to get married and have a family. And he knew that he either didn't want those things. I think he said he didn't want, he ended up saying he didn't really want children or like it wasn't going to be with me, you know? And so now after some time I can be, I can look back and say like, he did me a favor, and, but it's not like, the old Jane would have been like, oh, that guy was such a jerk. He didn't even like me that much. He just wasn't that into me. And and I think what I've learned is somebody can still love you and appreciate you, but it, you, it, you're still not the right person. Yeah. And I love what you said about the authenticity piece too, is that I think before you were so busy, almost kind of trying to land someone and you weren't really focused, like you were shape-shifting and doing things that for other people, but not really authentically you, like showing you or showing the guy who you are. And I thought that was so important in that phase. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what some of the things were that helped you during that phase? Cause you learned a lot, like the, I feel message and yeah. like we did a yeah. lot of extra exercises around it. I think, yeah, definitely the, I feel message. Um, and just learning to acknowledge that feelings are valid. I think the old me, I felt like I had to justify my feelings to people like, uh, yeah. and then I would pull people, I would pull my friends like, Oh, he did this. Like, don't you think I, you would be upset too. Wouldn't you? Like I had to like like I was not confident in my feelings. So, so if something upset me, I would wait a week before I would, if I brought it up, I would wait like a while after I pulled a certain number of people to say, Oh yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's okay to feel this way. And, and so now it's much easier for me to express feelings. Cause I don't have to wait till like my feelings are valid. I just, I feel them. I, you know, I think the member of the mood meter, I remember you had me mm-hmm. like, like take time each day to like acknowledge what emotion am I feeling? Um, and I think setting boundaries too with yes. people, like that was a big thing that I had to learn is, you know, I remember I had a, um, you know, issue with something um, and just being able to like teach that person how I wanted to be treated and, and that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the boundary setting and the authenticity and the vulnerability, 
That was all part of, I think, your journey into then landing this new guy. Like you truly, because, you know, the last phase I always talk about is once you find the right partner for you, it's like you're breaking your own patterns and you so broke your own patterns. Like, I mean, I think that other relationship was almost a bridge and helping you get to the other side where you're now dating this guy. So let's talk about this phase. Like what felt different? when you met your man and like, how were you different? There were a lot, like just even from like day one. So I remember I I had been on Bumble and Hinge and I was thinking about taking a break because I was getting a little bit burnt out. But then I thought, oh, maybe I'll just try a new app. So I tried Tinder and I wasn't, I was on it to just have fun. No, I mean, not like I was looking to just hook up with somebody, but I just didn't, I didn't take dating that seriously because Mike's profile said, you know, I live in Los Angeles. I'm only here for a couple months. What's mm. new? Like that was his profile. So the old me never would have like swept right. I would have been like, okay, that's, he's only here for a couple months. I'm not going there. You know what I mean? Um, but I just sort of was like, oh, he might be interesting to talk to, you know? And then he super liked me. And then um, like, we went, it was in August in New York um, state. It was not that where I was in um, upstate New York, it was not that uh, restricted. So you could go on a date. So we went for coffee outside um, and talked for three hours and we had, we had a really nice conversation. So I think just the fact that I even was talking to somebody who put on their profile, they're only here for a couple months. I mean, he ended up staying for now he's been here 15 months and <laughs> back across the country with him. So I I think that's one lesson I think your listeners can take away is that anything is possible when you fall in love. Like, I'm so glad you said that too. I can't tell you how many times I'll like talk to people like, oh, well, that person doesn't want kids and that person lives over there. This person has blue eyes. That person has, you know, like muscles I don't like, you know, and we all have these kind of agendas. But when because you went through the different phases and you learn to let go and really be present with everything and really just like, Hey, let's see what this is about. And then you felt into, does this feel good? Right. That's when all this magic started happening with your new guy. So yeah. Like how did he feel different also than like the narcissist guys that you, you were used to? Um, he listened to me and like, I, well, obviously I felt comfortable sharing stories and you could tell he was listening. Cause he would ask follow-up questions. It wasn't always one-sided. And another thing I wanted to bring up too is like, I feel like narcissists are passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I was very good about setting boundaries with, with Mike in the beginning. Cause, um, I think also in the back of my head, I think it helps that I thought, well, he's, he might, this might not be going anywhere. So it's okay. If I like, I'm not super available. Like I wasn't trying to impress him in the beginning in that, I don't want to say, say like I wasn't putting my best foot forward on a date, but I remember he, on our second date, I said, I don't think we should make out because of the pandemic. Like, I just think we should get to know each other better. And the old me would have been afraid to say that to a guy because I wouldn't want the guy to think I wasn't interested. Oh, you know, but I said it in such a way that like, you know, normally like I want to like make out with you later, but you know, given that it's a pandemic, I think we should just wait, you know, and get to know each other better. And like, he respected that. Like, he was just like, oh, he's like, I'm glad you told me because I was going to try to make out with you later, but that's totally cool. And then 
for our third date, he had gotten a COVID test. So, <laughs> so like he's like, my COVID test is negative, you know? And um, I think there was some other thing, like he, he was very interested in me in the beginning and he wanted me to go to a couple things in one weekend. And I just said, look, I can only do Friday night with you. Like if I go out with you another night, it'll just be like a lot for me. I have like a lot going on with work. I just need a day to like kind of decompress. And he's like, oh, no, no, I understand. I understand. And like, he was totally fine with it, like respected it. Like, and I did it in such a way that I wasn't, I called him on the phone and just said, I, I'm really into you, but so that he didn't think I was blowing him off. Um, so everything, just communicating with him was very easy. Um, you know, and he was very open with his emotions. Like he said, oh, I'm, you know, early on, he wanted me to meet his family. And he's like, oh, I'm so excited for um, you to meet my brother and my sister-in-law, which I was not used to that. Yes. Yes. I was, yeah. Yeah. I was no, I was going to say, and you were so different too with him, like the way that you showed up and expressed yourself. And I mean, I, it was really the first time I heard you, you know, setting some boundaries and just saying right. what you wanted and what you needed. And it was just such a nice response that you got back. Whereas before you would be like on pins and needles, you're like, yeah. Oh my God, I don't know how he's going to respond and that kind of thing. And that's what I want you listening to really hear the distinction because you know, what you put out is what you get back. And Jane, right. that's exactly what happened to you. Like you started attracting this in because you were a certain way. Right. Right. No, and it, and we just had fun. I remember he on our first date had hinted that he wanted to see me again, and um, for some reason, the, I didn't I didn't like pick up on that right away, or I just glossed over that. But then I knew I wanted to see him, and I could tell. You know, I didn't play. I didn't like wait for him to bring it up again. So I just said I ended our first date with, "Okay, so when are we going to see each other again?" Like the old me would have been like, "Okay, like he has to do all the work to prove it." Like where, you know, I felt, I knew when to feel comfortable to like express my interest as well. Um, Yes. Yeah. Uh, So it's so great. I mean, it's, it's almost weird to think about way back in that first phase, isn't it? You know, and, and now as you're talking, planning your wedding, moving, you know, you have these huge life changes and, and, you know, and just to, to be honest, like now, now you're in this phase and now it's the relationship stuff. And you and I were talking a little bit about that. And now you'll kind of learn how to negotiate and compromise and do all the stuff that couples do. And so it's never perfect and it's always a journey, but I think the skills that you developed along the way are, are just going to help you now in this relationship as well. So I just want to like, Thank you. And just a huge congrats to you. And I, I adore you. And it's just really Uh, special that you're on here. And I, like, I couldn't think of anyone better to to come on, especially when you sent me that picture of you trying on dresses. I'm like, Oh my God, I have to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. That's super exciting. And, um, no, I, another thing too, about Mike is I felt very open to, telling him how I was seeing a dating coach. Like, I think I may have mentioned it on our first date and he didn't, I, he didn't think that was weird. Like my, (laughs) (laughs) he accepts me for who I am. Mm. And, you know, he was really excited to meet you when we were both out in LA um, back in April. 
Um, so yeah, no, so I'm very excited on this journey and I'm going to remember, I'll continue to use the lessons that you've taught me because planning a wedding is stressful and, you know, people always joke, oh, if you can get through the wedding planning, then, you know, your marriage is like all set. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But then there's the dress rehearsal. Then there's, yeah. you know, all the other stuff that goes with it after. And, and so it is, it's, that's why I always, I describe everything as a journey because it's, it's constant. Yeah. It, there's always movement. And, um, I just want to say again, thank you. Congrats. And we'll be excited to hear what's next. Like, I feel like you've, you know, you, you came on the show before and and actually it was right in the beginning when you met him a little bit, like towards the beginning. So now here you are about to get married and who knows what will happen after that. So. Yes. I was thinking, I was just like, Oh, I wonder if there's a way I could work like be one of your like apprentice, like I don't know, be your assistant in LA when I when I'm not busy. Well, I'm probably gonna be, <laughs> be never know. Be careful what you wish for. I, I yeah. am, I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, oh my god, maybe you could be like my little minion and uh, help help other people as we go out into the world. And you did do it in intensive. Remember when you came out here to Santa Monica? Yeah. 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 So that was another part of like just integrating everything. So anyway, well, I won't keep you any longer. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to, um, if there's any dating events that I could help, like, I don't know, just get involved with just to meet people in LA because I'm, you know, I, Mike has his friends, but I want to like make my own friends too. And like get to network with other women. So so important by the way. And I would say that to anybody who is in a relationship, it's so important to have your own life and something that's separate from your partner because you do get so caught up in the couplehood and all the things that go on that, you know, having your alone time, both for yourself, but also with like girlfriends is super important. Right. So yeah. All right. Well, thanks again and good luck. All right. Bye. Bye. So thanks for joining me today on this very special episode. And thank you again for all of your support. It means so much to me. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. Remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com, to see more ways I can help you learn how to date and find love no matter what phase you are in. And of course, I always invite you to hop on a call with me by clicking the link you see in the show description. That 30 minutes could change the course of your entire life as it did for Jane years ago and so many others. And if you are listening to this and you're not sure what phase you need help in or how to get it, I have something for you. Due to high demand, I'm releasing a free video series called Awaken Your Feminine Energy, and it's to energize your sexy confidence. All you have to do is sign up by clicking the link you see in the show notes, and you'll start receiving my videos with actionable tips and exercises around topics like body language, conversation techniques, flirting, and so much more. Just click, sign up, and remember, working on you is working on your dating life. (laughs) 